At the end of this episode, we were like, that was clown diarrhea. And I think that's just about right. Just about right. So if you're looking for something serious and somber, maybe you want to head over yonder. Because this is just a bunch of silly little beans falling from a clown's butt right onto your face. Open up your mouth and let that clown put its brown down. God. God, I'm so sorry. If you got through this intro, this episode isn't as weird as this intro. That's true, because we're all riled up. But uh, look, guys, we wanted to keep it real. We just wanted to break. We wanted to keep it 100. We wanted to be silly. So we're like, we're really silly, uh, I think, in the beginning. Then we get very <laughs> desperate and sad in the middle. And, and then, then we find hope. And then we find hope. And we share beautiful poems. Yes. And so if you don't want too much silly, maybe skip the first 30. <laughs> and if you want lots of silly, uh, hold on to your butts. Right, Will? <laughs> if you get that reference, you've You're been a, a fan of this show for a while, and I appreciate it. Um, there are no no Pete's picks, but gotta, that's good because gotta, they gotta, probably gotta, gotta, yeah you're right. No, nobody would want to be associated with this episode. I don't think. Not that clown diarrhea intro we just gave it, and the clown diarrhea outro. <laughs> yeah. Shim shimmery, shim shimmery, shim shimmery, shrew, shrim shimmery, shrim shimmery, shrim shimmery, shrew, shrim shimmery, shrim shimmery. Into it. My God. How can we be lovers if we can be friends? Welcome to another edition. How can you start over when the fighting never Have we made it weird with Pete and Mel? Oh, baby, how can we be lovers if we can make amends? We're very excited to be with you today. How can we be lovers if we can't be, can't be friends? Well, let's get into it. Wow. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, was that a song from the 70s? <laughs> oh my god. I'm sorry that I'm so old. It's okay. I've learned to get over it. <laughs> okay. Is this a hostage situation? No. You don't want to be with me, but you can't. You don't know how to leave. <laughs> I think we've both, we've taken each other under hostage. Do you say under hostage? Ooh, Stockholm <laughs> syndrome. Hey, your Christmas card. Oh my God, we've got Stockholm syndrome. Because oh. welcome to week ten hundred and twelve of the quarantine, and it's just getting worse. Oh shit on a dick! Shit on a dick! Um, really, who does that song originally? I don't know. Let's take a gander. Let's uh, take a look real quick. I'm sure I'm not the only person who wants to know. <clears throat> I think it's Michael Bolton. 
That sounds right. It sounds like it's definitely a Michael. Be lovers. Some yeah, Michael Bolton. Wow. Michael Bolton. Michael Does Bolton. Does it work if you can you play it for the people? The people. Oh, we're know. definitely gonna play it. We're definitely gonna play definitely, it. Definitely, definitely. But what is, what month? It's nine months. It's a whole conception and pregnancy in quarantine almost. Yeah. Uh-huh. And if you're in LA, like we are currently, um it's another, just let it play underneath. It's just another safer at home order. <laughs> oh, it's so, so much so much faster than I thought. When the fire never runs. So. This is clearly wow. what David Brent this is this is what David Brent was making well, what uh, Ricky Gervais was parodying. Oh, right. When he does Wait, that video. Is that the woman from Billy Madison? I don't know. This is a podcast. I can only <laughs> hear you. <laughs> that, I'm not, I'm t- oh, she throws papers off a piano. Now the, the podcast is devolved and does just watching YouTube videos. You can look it up, too, though. And I think this is the woman from Billy Madison. Um... It's just Michael Bolton. How can we be lovers? Oh my God! This is everything. the The background singers are exactly what you're picturing. <laughs> and his microphone has the like semi cord. <laughs> yeah, like it's a wireless, but it has a little antenna. Yeah, just because we weren't ready to go full wireless yet. Oh, he takes it off the stand for V two. Yep. Okay, and, and I, it is a hundred percent Michael Bolton hair at it. Oh, he's shirtless in a bed. She is turned also. away from him. Um, oh. I, I'm going to take the the video off because it's too distracting for you, Valerie. I'm sorry. Uh, how could that? How could I do anything else if that is Look, before me? I just want this gently playing behind <laughs> us chatting. Frankly, I don't know why I don't do this for every episode. <laughs> if there's ever a lull, you can be like, "This is like anthem rock." This is like, I'd love to see a hundred thousand people sing this. Wait, everybody promise, when I die, everyone gather and sing this so loud. You always do this like... A hundred thousand strong. Okay, we will. What do you mean I always... You always do this like, when I die, do this thing. And it's like, that's the last time we should do something that you want. You won't know. (laughs) I'll know. Okay. I'll be the Aurora Borealis. Ooh. And I'll be soaring high above you. Ooh, that's how you'll know I liked it, because the Aurora Borealis showed up for the in first California. time in California. <laughs> um, I, it's in, okay. it's really crazy to me <laughs> okay, that's that what, this, what. people watched this music video. That was invigorating. Listen to this song at a time where not only were they like, this is so modern. <laughs> Oh, man, they They heard it, and they were like, this is so today. They were like, this is so modern that, like, it's hard to imagine that this will ever be outdated. (laughs) I feel that way about, that's a great observation. When I watch stuff that's, like, a movie in particular, that is just so, like, we've caught up to what was the imagination of science fiction in the 90s and the early 2000s. Like, everything is sleek 
and white and like fonts are very thin and elegant. Yeah. Because like, if you think of like caveman times, like a font needs to be like sturdy because it's a rock. It's going to be outside. There are weird animals and bugs, but like modernity is like, look how thin it is. We, we wrote it on with like a, 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 a tiny brush, you know, yeah. and that's where we are, but right. we've done it. So how, what will the f- future of the future look like, man? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I that's mean, why every once in a while God just flushes the toilet, man. <laughs> once we get up to just like VR orgies and like on demand slurpees that taste like Thanksgiving, uh-huh. God's like, and nice job, Tower of Babel, flush, <laughs> flush. And then we're back to like seeing <laughs> like a dragonfly the size of a parrot. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, before the Ice Age, the dinosaurs were just, like, smoking weed, watching other videos of other dinosaurs getting stoned. What? (laughs) In the stoned age? No, I'm saying, like, wasn't it the Ice Age that wiped out the dinosaurs? It was an asteroid. Yeah, and the Ice Age wiped out Prussia, I think. (laughs) That's a joke. Uh, Atlantis was destroyed by the Ice Age. Let's go into areas that we don't know anything about. I think we're there. (laughs) No, I know. But what are other things that when people bring them up, you're like, oh, don't get me started on communism. I got it. Yeah, communism. I kind of know a little bit about communism. Um, Most of Greek mythology. I don't think. Is that embarrassing? It's kind of embarrassing for me because it seems like a lot of people know Greek mythology. I bet you know. Who's the lightning god? Thor. <laughs> oh, this is why this is why I need it on cue. I, wait, 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 Everybody, everybody. Oh my god! Everybody, just give me one. Just give me one. Just give me one. <laughs> Valerie. Um, oh fuck! There's abs. <laughs> and by now, I know who it is. Yeah, but, but I, I won't say. Whoa, won't look say. at the size of that iPhone. iPhone <laughs> is out of ideas. They're like, you want more? You want smaller but bigger here and thinner there but bigger over here? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, Valerie, who is the god of thunder? Thor? Um, uh, no, you know who it is. Zeus. Zeus, yeah. Yeah, Zeus. And like, you're, already, you're already doing great. And by the way... <laughs> That's all I need. You're already... Uh, I don't even know... I, I've wanted for a long time, it's in the old notebook, that Thor was the god of thunder. Uh, Zeus used thunder. But Thor is a Nordic? I don't think he's Greek. Yeah, I think it might be a Nordic. I don't know. Let's just not know. Let's just not know. Let's Let's dip our nuts in candle wax. What? Uh, Okay. (laughs) Um, My joke was that Thor (laughs) was a real god. Like, people had altars to Thor. People prayed to Thor. Really? Of course, he was Thor. And now it's like a a punchline. Well, he's like a cartoon superhero played by Chris Hemsworth. And also, I feel like... uh, Anchorman with like by the hammer of Thor. Exactly, like that's a punchline. Yeah. So my joke is that would be like in two, three hundred years. I get it would be thousand years. 
there'd be a comic book and it would be like Wolverine and there's Spider-Man and then like Jesus of Nazareth kicks in the door and he's like, what's up, bitches? And it's like, Jesus. I like this song. I think you legitimately like the song, like not even ironically. This isn't a real song. Can I touch you there? Uh, it's got an official video. Can I and touch 17 you? 17 million views. Can I cut touch you dot, dot, dot there? Question, Question mark? mark? Okay. Okay, guys, we're listening to this. And we're watching the video. Oh. oh. He's, he's in like an ayahuasca retreat style hot. He's wearing white linen pants. Also, this was uploaded in 2011. Is this modern? <laughs> Hard to tell. <laughs> oh, I'm moist. Oh, wow. This is okay. You like this. I haven't... Is the jury still out? <laughs> it's like Sade. I've been listening to Sade, yeah. which is... Oh, an there's easy- an upside-down um, umbrella floating in a creek. <laughs> He's wearing like a like a Dick Tracy kind of uh, fedora. Yeah, and all white, of course. I just want to get to this hot chorus. He needs to feel the heart of you. Your clitoris. Part of you. Your G spot. Oh. Your heart. Your heart. Can I touch your mind? Okay, that's a G-Spot song. That is... That's a song about the G-Spot. That is an unapologetic innuendo song. Ooh, I want to do a a stand-up routine, and I'm a woman. Ready? Ready. I'm not a hypersexual woman. I have a lowercase G-Spot. Great. Not bad. Not bad. Not good. Not great. (laughs) Not ready for the stage, as we used to say. Not worth the breath it took to say it. (laughs) Oh, my God. I left. I left my body. So this is a silly bean because Val and I have been. What have we been? We've been feeling just feeling like. Oh, that's what I wanted to talk about. I want to give a TED talk on the shape of farts (laughs) because when a fart leaves your butt, when a fart leaves your butt, because I've yet to fart. So Val, I've made you laugh so hard. Dead farts have snuck out like teenagers at a at a rave. Like, the door's the, open. This is the chance. Yeah, I'm the cops coming in. Like, all right, everybody, that's illegal. And you're like the group. Your farts are the group of teens that were right by the door. That were like, if we sneak out now, I think we can get away with it. Yep. And they go. That is not true. That's disgusting. They're like. Right. Okay. They're so let's take cute. that. And, and, and look, this is not a fart cast. There are better fart casts. <laughs> are there? Yeah. Just type fart cast and I'm sure you'll find something. <laughs> uh, but what I want to say is there's, there's, let, let's just start with this. If I say there's a fart that feels like a Dayquil tablet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because uh-huh. your butt has nerve endings. Yep. So it knows. It, it's like two white gloves <laughs> is your butthole. And then when a fart comes out, those white gloved hands feel... Yeah. So there's like a... This is... This is something nobody's talking about, okay? <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say was it's one of... there's. I would never do it on stage. 
I would never even say it on a podcast. <laughs> but it is the sort of thought that I had, because I've been smoking dope and listening to Sade lately, that I'm like, what I like about it is that when some, if someone said to me, farts have a shape, and if I showed you in a TEDx talk that there were like, there's the day quill, there's the egg, there's the like vertebrae. <laughs> oh my God. Um, and then there's the one that's like, um, that's like, what is that? It's like the, uh, it's like a, what is it? It's uh what, uh, it's, it's like a, it's like an envelope, like a, a manila envelope uh-huh. that you put one sock in. And it, so it's just like this. <laughs> you're looking at the envelope from the flat side. So you're really, and you're taking the sock out. Oh, that's nice. The, the sock, the sock <laughs> removal. <laughs> That's a different shape of a fart. All I'm saying is, if somebody had said to me, farts have a shape, and we all were not, I'm done not talking about it, I would be like, oh my God, I know what you mean. There's there's like yeah. the handful of pebbles fart. <laughs> like you just like someone oh threw. Okay, we're done. We're done. We're done. Be honest. I don't if- mean with the topic. I mean the podcast <laughs> is over. And I don't mean just this episode. I, I mean, mean the, the whole, whole thing. thing. I was going to say. A huge cargo load fart. <laughs> I was going to say, if the, if we like looked up right now and GarageBand had shut down on us, which has happened before. Would we do this bit again? Or would we just be like, that? a good thing. I don't think that was great. Oh my God. No, no, no. You can't fake this. Ugh. We're having fun. We wanted a fun. Can I yeah, touch you there? It's very sexy. I mean, it still is pretty sexy. I get why it was like he was all like, ooh. Because a man who like really sings with everything in him yes. is like, oh. You... He's like, if I'll show you this, what won't I reveal to you? Yeah. And I don't mean my ding-a-dong. And he's singing like an orgasm. Like, oh. Well, that's what we've been, So we, we just watched because it's the Christmas season. What season is it, boy? We're at the Christmas season, sir. What is this? Yeah, it's you. You did it. Thank you. Okay. For not leaving me hang gliding with no bruise. Um, <laughs> it's the Christmas season, so we watched um, Love Actually. And because this is now a multimedia podcast, I'm going to play it for you. Oh, yeah. Um, all I, okay. So we're talking about orgasmic singing, right? This is actually something they made fun of on The Office was that like, especially when you're on a date or you want to show interest in somebody, mm. women, especially ovulating women, certainly not all women, but some women will laugh orgasmically. Mm. It's like the safest way to flirt, to be like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And you're like, this guy's like, whoa, I can touch you there with my whole thesis on fart sound shapes. So then we were watching Love Actually, which Phoebe Bridgers told us is actually called Love Actually Is All Around Us. Mm-hmm. Or Is All Around, I think. I add the us, because once you're that far in, <laughs> you can just tack on any words you want. Yeah. Um, so then we were watching this one. I was like, why is this making me uncomfortable? It's because it's a young girl and she's singing, as you pointed out, like Mariah Carey, uh-huh. which is just a little too sexy. We're becoming... 
Yeah. We talked about this last week when we were like, Dawson's Creek, your mom didn't want you to watch it. And we're like, she was right. She was right. I'm not saying I wouldn't let Leela watch this, but uh, it's 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 just a strange thing that we don't talk about. Yeah. That what is sexy singing? Breathy. Mm-hmm. And also sort of like, <laughs> it's supposed to sound. <laughs> anyway, I shouldn't have done that right before I played this, but here it is. Come on. It's like Britney Spears. Yeah, that she. There's a name for that. It's like the equivalent of vocal fry, but for singing. The like. And I don't mean to sexualize this person. I feel weird about that now. Well, we didn't. We're saying that. I'm saying <laughs> she's been unwittingly sexualized by imitating by a grown-up singer who sings yeah. very sexual. Yeah. I think people are going to be more upset that you ruined this song for them because it is, it's a classic. It is a classic, and it's it's a lot of fun. There's so many videos on this sidebar that I want to watch. I know. Un- undercover Neil Patrick Harris on The Voice. What? Look. NPH? Yeah. He did, like, an undercover. Is that real? <laughs> Why would they make that like up? Watching YouTube with Val. And Pete. So he gets all he gets all dolled up, but he's NPH, man. He can do anything. I wonder if James Vanderbeek looks at NPH and is like, "Damn, maybe." You know I bet I mean? a lot of people do. Because nobody nobody's king of the castle like NPH. He'll show up in Gone Girl and remind you that he's still this the king. So he's all right, like- here he is singing. Before I play it, do you think it's good? I'm going to say right up, right up top, NPH. You're the king of the castle, and I bet you're fantastic. Well, you I mean, I, he definitely can sing very well. He's like a theater person. Okay, I didn't know that. I thought he was Doogie Howser, MD. Well, he is Doogie Howser, but No, I know, but I thought Doogie can't really sing. No, he's like known for theater. I well, think that's no he, fun. Yeah, but but I thought you were asking, is he is the gag that he's undercover and he's going to be bad? No, 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 no. I'm saying, do you think he's going to be good? But yeah. you know all this stuff about yeah. NPH. Like yeah, NPH you were is, talking like you know him, but you didn't even know he was a theater. Friend. I know him <laughs> as an actor, and I think he's sensational. Yeah. And I looked does. up that bed. Remember, he's a rich guy? Oh, in... In Gone, Gone Girl. Girl. Uh-huh. And he's like, sleep on this bed. It's, it's a blah, blah, blah. It's the best night's sleep you'll ever have. Mm-hmm. And I looked up the bed, and they're like $50,000 beds, and they're filled with, like, badger fur. Whoa. Yeah. Ooh, weird. Well, that's bad. Yeah, he's being bad. Is he being bad on? Per- I don't know. No, did show. you? Got, you got to start. You got to start up from the beginning. Start at the beginning. Yeah. All right. Here it is from the beginning. And I am telling you yeah. I don't know. Is he doing it on purpose? Because it's very bad. I know. I can't tell. I think. Wait. Prank, senior trip. Well, it's a prank. prank. No matter what, it is a prank because he is in. Un- he's undercover, and they don't know that they're listening to Neil Patrick Harris right now. I just don't know if the prank is, and he's bad, or if it's and he was good. <laughs> I think it would be a better prank if he was excellent. Um, I mean, I think he's a theater. Person. <laughs> 
person. I don't know. Oh, I, don't, I, I don't know how now. we got into this. I feel bad now because we listened to it and we still don't know. If it was Wait, bad. are you saying just because he's like a well-dressed gay man that you thought he was excellent at theater? Is that no, no, saying? no. I think he is a theater person, but he might not be a singing person. I think he... He might be more of like a hosty theater or like a play theater person. No, I don't. I feel like if you can sing, once you're on the voice, even if you're like, "I'm going to be bad," your ego is going to go, "Give him a little something." Which is maybe what happened. Maybe he was trying to be bad, but he couldn't go fully bad in such an obvious way. Okay, so to your point, we were talking about on a walk the other day. You were like, the brain just wants something to obsess about. Yes. So Val and I, the reason we're having this silly billy time with you guys right now is that we're just like, damn, I'm so tired today and yesterday. Mm. The day before. Mm. We were just getting kind of tired of always thinking about how we're feeling. Yeah. So I've been finding a lot of value in trying to do things, as I, I said, for or with other people that mm-hmm. have nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. We've been watching, uh, as I mentioned earlier, The West Wing, because it's like you can get lost in the drama of a good show like that. Mm-hmm. And then like similarly, we're really craving any type of work that you could just lose yourself in. Yeah. You know. I'm, I'm picturing myself like mopping a, a deck or something. Yeah, I feel like, like that, I'm like dying. a task. My first job was at like a coffee shop, and I'm dying to just like be in a morning rush. Which, by the yeah, way, yeah, the flow state. We I, haven't talked about that in a while. Yeah, I know that it's privileged to be here, and, and there are lots of people who would love to not have to go to work every day. No, I have to go to work every day. It's just a, it's this dark office mm-hmm. sitting and plumbing the depths of my emotional life. Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, I'm not trying to make it sound like it's as difficult as swathing a deck or whatever the verb is there. Um, but it is deeply unpleasant. Mm-hmm. And I've been really struggling to find motivation to do things that usually are quite easy for me. Mm-hmm. And the reason they're usually quite easy for me is because the rest of my day has some flow, has mm-hmm. some hustle, has some bustle. Doing stand-up is definitely my flow state. Mm-hmm. You know, going out into the into the city and mm-hmm. meeting people here, meeting people there, going there, running into this person there, getting this here. Uh, every, every day sort of feels very indoors. Yeah. So my break to come into this office and work doesn't feel really like a break at all. It yeah. just feels like what I'm always doing, but now I'm alone. Yeah. And you're like trying, because I'm writing things, and I'm like trying to imagine what people might be saying if they met for lunch <laughs> at a coffee shop. And there's something sort of sad about sure. that. It's like being, you know, alone and writing about being with friends, because that's yeah. exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. So when we say the... When I picture myself in the Navy, you know, mopping a deck in like the 50s Navy, Mm. (laughs) so like a musical Navy, really the fantasy is having, belonging to a large structure Mm -hmm. with other people where the day is regimented. I think everybody can relate to that. Our friends that are teachers, yeah, they're teaching, but they're doing it in their homes. So there's no break to drive to the job there there's there's isn't that like yeah canal that that place where you transform from you eating rice checks on your couch to miss thompson uh-huh. you just go into your office the same place where you watch michael bolton videos you know what i mean yeah. like 
I'm just missing. <laughs> I guess all of this is to say we're missing society. Yeah. And we're missing life as we knew it. Yeah. And we wanted, we deliberately set out to have a sillier time. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this podcast is silly all the time. Mm. Uh, not that we can't get deep or talk about whatever. But like how we've always started, which is like, how are you, my love? That's what we've been doing so much of. Yeah. That yeah. like, we're like, oh, could we just use We Made It Weird as a break yeah. and talk about the shape of farts and Michael Ball? And like, maybe it's not what you guys are in the mood for. And I, I there's no way I'm going to get through this without quoting Richard Rohr or something. <laughs> yeah. But like, for fuck's sake, if there's anything great about, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm on a tear. If there's anything really special about these podcasts is that we do them every week, mm-hmm. which means... I can't just cancel a podcast because I go, I'm not feeling it, which I do all the time. I just go, let's let's punt it a week and we'll do it later because I don't feel like being thoughtful and I don't feel like listening deeply, yeah. I don't, whatever it might be. This, we do it every Thursday. Yeah. And guys, it's it's my privilege. One of our greatest, one of, I'll speak for myself, one of my greatest joys is sharing this time with you guys. We can't see you. I know that sounds fake. But it's like the thing, one of the things that's giving my life meaning yeah. is these weekly check-ins. Yeah. So instead of being like, oh, let's pretend I could tell you what I learned from Richie yesterday. And I learned some stuff from Richie yesterday. I'm still trying. Mm-hmm. I want to be honest and be like, we want to be silly billies because we're friggin' dying over here. <laughs> yeah. And I just want to talk about how disgusting it is that I think people are eating the McRib sandwich. Oh. And I want to... <laughs> is, that, is that at back again? Oh, everybody's posting about eating the goddamn McRib sandwich. You have just a completely different feed than I do. And they have a completely different feed than I do. <laughs> yeah. Even if you're going to eat pork, you're going to eat that pork. <laughs> no judgment. No, no there's judgment. I, I'm judging McDonald's. Yes. And you know what? I'm not judging them because it's got a killer campaign. Yeah. You're going to take a sandwich away and bring it back? Um, like 18 times. How good of a campaign does it have? have to be to make us forget that the meat is molded into the shape of bones. <laughs> it's a slab of meat that is injected, like, so uh, found meat, like miscellaneous pig meat, <laughs> is injected meat. into a mold that is shaped like wow. a rack of ribs, wow. and then that is put on a bun with sugar sauce, and you make people wait in line for this? Wow. Like, God, get your hand on the flusher, because I <laughs> I'm watching fucking Neil Patrick Harris prank videos, and I don't know if it's a joke, and people are eating several McRibs <laughs> and tweeting about it because we're losing our fucking minds. Because every time we look at the news, every time we look at violence and loss and poverty and, mm-hmm. and a pandemic and death, we, we need anything we got. So I'll give you that, McRib lovers. I'm glad you found some joy. Yeah. But the part of me that's like, Jesus Christ, Google, forget, I'm not even going to tell you what to Google. That's too judgmental. Because uh, uh, well, I've been eating some chicken lately because I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I had chicken recently. I hope this is, I do think. It I was delicious. <laughs> there's actually still a chicken sandwich in, in the refrigerator if you want it. Yeah, we got sad and ordered a lot of food and we got two chicken sandwiches. <laughs> and then I said to Val, I was like, it was a very small piece of chicken, which it was. And I, was, I said, we're getting so slippery with our vegetarianism. It used to be like, we're vegetarians. Sometimes we eat fish. And it's like, we're, veg- we're pescatarians. Sometimes Pete Pete would still probably say I eat chicken once a year. I do eat. I used to eat chicken once a year. But now it's like 
We're vegetarians. We eat chicken, but it's small amounts. <laughs> I still... I want to invite more idiot shit brains like me into the vegan-ish circle, mm-hmm. meaning I still attest that if I have three meals a day, 2.5% 2.5 of them are <laughs> vegan. And then usually the cheat is dairy and I'm boring myself. But every once in a while, like when I was in quarantine, I ordered fried chicken. And that does bring me back to the McRib. <laughs> Why did I order chicken? I could have eaten a lot of things. I ordered chicken because I needed novelty. I needed the feel, the rush of ordering it. Even the sort of infidelity, the dietary infidelity of I shouldn't be eating this. So, McRib eaters, I salute you. (laughs) I don't really, but I'm Uh, doing my best. (laughs) Well, I think this is important because going back to what you said about doing this every week is, you know... You guys are really getting to see um, every angle of of us, <laughs> meaning there are a lot of times, we spend a lot of time feeling very inspired by the things that we learn, um, wanting to share that, practicing, like having a steady spiritual practice and thinking of things from, or viewing things from the lens of spirituality and um, and we do spend so much time doing that. And then also, I mean, we are in a pandemic and it is not n- normal. Like, it's not good. It's not good. <laughs> not a normal year. Um, so, of course, everything is heightened. Um, but I think it's important to show, like, not that people think that we are, like, above this. But just in case you did... Like, we also feel shitty a yeah. lot of the time and get cranky and eat things that we shouldn't. And so... Look, the- if we're going to field questions from time to time, it's good that you that we can at least come forth with how full of shit we are. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Most, yes. Most, and... Nope. I was going to say, most of the time I'm answering questions, I'm, I'm telling you something I learned anyway. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's not like I'm just delving into my own personal reservoir of wisdom. I'm telling you, I read something about that or I know something about that or somebody taught me this. Yeah. You know. And also we're saying things that like we need to actively of hear. Um, because so hopefully that like people find solidarity and being and being like, yeah, this is not this is a practice where sometimes you're really in and then sometimes you get totally kicked out and it feels like huge step backwards. Uh, and you, you just have to remember that that's the pulsation of everything is in and out, remembering and forgetting, yep. um, contraction and expansion. Well, and, oh, the Hafiz poem. Which one? The Kabir poem. The Rumi poem? <laughs> Ever know, there's no way I can. Yeah, based on their uh, faces, it's bad. It's bad. Uh, I'm gonna Google right now. Can Neil Patrick Harris sing? I can do it. Why don't you look up that Kabir poem? That I have it. I have it already. I'll read it while we do this. Can Neil Patrick? Look, it filled it in for me. Oh my god! With his trained singing voice and his charismatic personality persona, Neil Patrick Harris has long endeared himself to the New York theater scene. Okay, I think we should play a little bit of him singing well. So that, just to his credit. One of Broadway's most honored composers. I'd love to sing something to celebrate all of the composers who won for best score over the past 66 years. How do you pick just one song? 
I wouldn't even know where to begin. Valley high, valley high, valley high, 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 high. Oh, and young and you, hello, Dolly. Well, hello, Dolly. Hello, 12. Hello, 13. Hello, yeah, he can okay, sing. He can, yeah. He's a great singer. He's, I'm going to say he's a he's a good singer. <laughs> okay. All right. Here's this poem that has meant so much to me. Should I save it for the end? Um. No. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's very... Uh, Ooh, I got an email I was waiting for. <laughs> really? Guys, really this <laughs> is a silly time. This is a silly time. This is a silly time. This is. I have this thing where I kind of want my therapist to listen to these episodes. Um, and I really hope that she doesn't start with this one. <laughs> oh my God. Read the poem and take it back. This okay. poem is going to fuel our, our fart. <laughs> <laughs> oh I mean, our, it's going to heal our hearts. Wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> It's gonna I, mule our marts. Was the was the heal our hearts a, a legit mistake? No, fuel our farts. And then you said, and then I wanted to say hearts, so I changed both to H. Oh, uh, I thought you were trying to say heal our hearts, and you said heal our hearts. Uh, That's why you got such a genuine laugh out of me because I love mistakes. We also love that we were watching The Simpsons last night. I was going to share. This is a recent hardest laugh. Oh, yeah. This is a good hard laugh. Yeah. And it's the episode where Bart gets a pool, and then he breaks his leg, and he can't go in the pool, and he has a cast, and he's trying to get people to sign his cast, and then Milhouse comes by, and he goes, Milhouse, sign my cast, and Milhouse is like, oh, oh, but he's looking at the pool, he's looking at Bart, he's looking at Bart. He's signing it while he's looking at the pool. And then? Because he wants to just, like, get it over with and go swimming in the pool. So he's signing it And he's really talking quick. while they're doing it. Yeah, he's talking and signing and looking at the pool. And then it it shows what he wrote. And it says, Mill Pool. <laughs> he wrote Mill Pool. And the L is sort of Trailing dragged off. long because he started leaving while he was writing it. Mill Pool. <laughs> that's exactly what I think is funny. Oh, God, that's good. God, that's uh, good. All right. So on that note, this is called The Guest House. Ooh, should I put on music? By Rumi, sure. Should Boy, I, I need this so bad because I am yeah, like... Yeah, yeah. This will change the Ooh. flavor. This will change the flavor. I have another poem that I can read after this one. Yeah, we'll close with a poem, but we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, we're not going to work here anymore. <laughs> not going to, not going to, not going to work here anymore. These YouTube ads, man. I mean... Give me all of Life's Entertainment for free now. <laughs> with, with nothing asked of me. All right. The Guest House by Rumi. This being human is a guest house. Every morning, a new arrival. A joy, a depression, a meanness. Some momentary awareness comes in as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all. Even if there are a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture, still, treat each guest honorably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice, meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. 
Be grateful for whoever comes, because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. Even just, I've read, that's the third time I've read that today, and it's like, every time it just changes my inner landscape completely. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I know I say it every time, but keeping your center is nine-tenths of the task. mm -hmm. So like greeting the door, greet them at the door laughing. It's like you can have anything show up, but like is the keeper of the house... It's like when I get angry and I say, I'm just being angry right now. Mm-hmm. Like, can you keep a thread to your heart? Yeah. I love it. And it is so, it's just exactly what I'm working on and what this quarantine has brought up in me. I was just talking to my girlfriends about how we're like, all right, it's been nine months and we've kind of tried every possible way of running from the things that we the the places of ourselves that we don't want to look at. And mm. it's like now we're tired of running and we're finally just looking at it. You know, okay, to that, right? Boy, what was I... I was Anyway, it doesn't matter what I was just reading. But I'm always reading about like, okay, so the story of Jesus is not just read his story and appreciate it. You're supposed to die. You're supposed to be crucified. You're supposed to be persecuted. You're supposed to like sort of be reduced to nothing so you can be reborn. Mm-hmm. And then whenever I'm being persecuted, usually by myself or stripped down or whatever it might be, beaten by my circumstance, by my loneliness, by my solitude, by my lack of flow, by my lack of novelty, by my lack of other people. As I said to you the other day, I was rocking Lee to sleep and we were thinking about whether or not we were going to get to see our uh, families uh, for Christmas. And I was like, it's so funny. I always thought of that as something that interrupted my life. Mm. And it felt like a deathbed realization. I was like, no, that is life. Mm-hmm. Like I, I kept saying it to you because I was stoned, but I was like, yeah, that is life. I, yeah. It always looks like life is when I'm going around and I'm doing my thing and I cook a thing and I eat it and I go and I do everything I want to do. And then I have to drop everything. I enjoy it, but it feels like this sort of break in routine, but that's what life is. And I'm missing that. Yeah. So here I am and that poem and you saying that are helping me realize that this is it. Yeah. So I can greet my despair and my loneliness and my just like, I said to you the other day, I was like, if this was a movie or a story, it's going on too long. It's supposed to be like, we thought it was going to be two weeks then it was eight months, but now it's nine months, ten months. And I know there's worse things that have happened, but I'm just like, it, it sort of feels like we're at the point where we're like, we get it. Yeah, enough. And again, if you're in, I mean, the numbers are going up everywhere, but like just to have a another staying stay at home order when you're just like, I can't, I'm tired. I, I can't do this anymore. And then it's like, not only are you going to continue to do this, you have to go deeper in right. again. Right. Um, but I think it's so, I, this is not just like false positivity. I really think it's so good. Like it does need to be big enough to break you if we want any kind of change. Well, that's exactly my point. It's got to be. And you're right. It's like where I can get so stuck in this. I think we all are, but like I really get stuck in this like, I just want life to start again. And it's like, you, you're you living, you're currently living right now. This is life. This right. is the shape that life has taken. Like, live it and 
in like by meeting whatever comes. Right. And being yeah, like Christmas. I'm like that was life, and I'm like this is also life. This is life. This what else could it be? This is life. Right. But right. And it won't be forever because nothing is. Um, so that's good news. But also, if we're waiting to live until life looks a certain way, that's just making this time so much harder. It's- totally. But that's the narrativization of what's happening. Yeah. And really, if it's like the, the first thought experiment that blew my mind when I was in like high school, uh, and I've said this before, but somebody was like, how do you know this isn't the first real moment? And everything else is just a memory that was implanted into you. Mm. But really, someone just turned you on. Mm. Like, you just showed up. Right? Yeah. Wow. You got dropped into this conversation. Wow. And of course, you think, I know where the bathroom is, so I've been to the bathroom before, but you haven't. Yeah. I just programmed that into you. It's very Westworld. It's very Westworld, but it's really just, it's a hack to question reality. Mm -hmm. And it shows just how much meaning we're making at all times. So like nine months has a feeling that I'm carrying around in my body. Mm-hmm. But just as we start talking about it, what what nine months? Mm-hmm. Like I find that very liberating. Yeah. Like instead of going like, I know I use this example all the time, but when I'm rocking Lee and she won't go to bed, the suffering comes when I go, well, I'm only going to sleep four hours and then I'm going to have a bad day and it's going to lead to, I'm not going to get this thing. I'm not going to get that email I was waiting for, or I will, and I'm going to blow it. And it's like, is any of that happening? Yeah. Like you've had days where you slept four hours and you were the opposite. You were suddenly jacked and happy and plugged in. Yeah. I was thinking about Sadhguru, one of the teachers that we don't quote as often as the others, but I think he's fantastic. And he, I, w- I, I had a good um, pitch meeting today. It wasn't for a show that I'm on, but something that I'm involved with. And it went really well. Mm-hmm. And I noticed the rest of the day I was really pretty energetic. Yeah. So Sadhguru makes this really interesting point that I think about all the time, where he goes, people say, I love sleep. And he's like, what do you mean? Yeah. What do you mean you love sleep? Mm. And I, I debate him in my head all the time. I mean, I like a break. I like to slow down and stop, he would say, what you really like is a feeling of restfulness. You like Mm. to feel engaged. But that doesn't, that didn't take me all the way there. What really took me there was something that he said, which was like, if you fall in love, are you tired? Mm. And I was like, that's, that's good. Yeah. Or like, if you're doing your favorite thing, are you hungry? Mm -hmm. And Ramdas makes this point too, where he's like, if you're a sex fiend, or not a fiend, but like you're really into sex, but you also love ice cream, when you're having sex, you probably don't want ice cream. Mm. The same thing, like when I got that good news, the boy, Pete, me, that was tired, suddenly wasn't tired. Yeah. So there was a potential in me to tell myself a different story yeah. and completely overhaul how I felt. Yeah. And falling in love is a very good example of that because we all know what that feels like. You fall in love. They like you too. Do you need a nap right now? Yeah. Or when Leela was born, we hadn't slept in days. Mm-hmm. Was I sleepy? Mm-hmm. I wasn't I could have walked that baby from the hospital home. Mm-hmm. I was so elated. Yeah. I was also delirious and it wouldn't have been safe. <laughs> I would have had like banana peels on my feet. I was like, I was just thinking I was pretty tired. 
tired. <laughs> no, we were definitely tired, but like we were locked but I in. I had also gone through a little bit yeah. more than you. So. Absolutely. I also had some tearing, but it was just because I kept doing like <laughs> Freddie Mercury high kicks because I was so excited. But also, to that, that being said, I and I, it could have been because I was so sleep deprived. I do remember because she was born at 649, I believe. Um, in the evening. So it's like by the time you get everything all settled up and then you go into the other room, it was like time to go to bed. And I remember like the nurses turning the light off and and it being like, okay, we'll come and get you in two hours. Or like she was sleeping next to me, but it was like, go, go to sleep now while you can. And there was just no, I didn't sleep at all that first night. Like, yeah. Of course not. I, because you're excited, but you're also anyway. That's that's my point. To your point, you're you're so present because your whole life just but completely. Here's changed. here's a better one. Grown-ups learn how to narrate their own lives. Grown-ups say, It's been nine months. Yeah. Grown-ups say, I have to work in the morning. Uh-huh. Grown-ups say there isn't usually traffic on the 405 at 2 p.m. Yeah. Kids don't do any of that shit. Yeah. They don't give a fuck. Yeah. And the great example of that, I think, is Christmas. Mm. As soon as it's Christmas morning, you want to get up. Yeah. Get the presents. Play with the presents. You don't have any sense of, like, I should rest, so I'm rested to play with the pre- presents. Yeah. You just, you're present. Or so that's a present. Leela is the queen of this. She is the ultimate guest house. And as I'm sure every two-year-old is, we're like, she can be screaming, having just like the biggest tantrum, or we like to call them releases, <laughs> just like to making sounds that you're like, I can't believe this is coming out of such a little body. And, and like, this seems so severe um, and then, like thirty minutes later, she's laughing about something. That's right. And, and she has she doesn't have the story of well, she will. She started to be like I, I was sad, right? <laughs> Which is good for her to send that to her language center. But she doesn't really remember it. She's not making the story of like. But we even I've teach been... her to do that. We go, "Are you happy? You happy yeah. girl?" Yeah. And then she goes, "Oh, that's a thing," and it goes. And then I was that thing, and yeah. then I could be that thing again. But that's necessary because I need her to learn how to, like, get a jacket because she will be cold. You know what I mean? Like, right, we need these exactly. things. But it makes a quarantine a little less tolerable. Yeah. I had a friend who had saw that his kids could deal with even death because mm-hmm. they were so young mm-hmm. that they were just like, oh, I guess sometimes people are here and then they leave. Yeah. In the same way that I wasn't here and I just showed up. Yeah. But they didn't even have – this is a very extreme example – but they didn't have the story of like a good life is eighty plus years. Yeah. A good life is lots of memories and a marriage and a gold watch. Like yeah. they didn't have any of that, so they were like, "Oh, just like this begins, it ends, and um, okay, and let's have a candy cane." As everything and as normal as everything. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Right. I I really feel like this is the. I think I started to say like what that Rumi poem brings up is. The quarantine has made me see how much I obsess about how I'm feeling and how much I identify with how I'm feeling. So I think it's good to know how you're feeling and to check in and and feel that. But like then whatever answer I get, that's 
that's the identity that I have. So mm. if I'm like, wow, I feel really good today. I am. I am good. I am good. And then like, if there is any kind of depression or anything, it's, it's the film. It's the lens that through which I look at everything in my life. Yeah. Um, and I, I know that it takes a practice. It is practice, but, um, or it is a practice, but, you don't have to identify with your emotions. Your emotions come and go, so that can't be you. Right. Uh, but I am really, the reason why the guest house thing is just so resonant with me, as you know, is that I am like realizing that I have such an aversion to certain feelings and such a desire for others. So as much as I really do believe like, Sit with your sadness, be in it, you know, allow emotions to sing their song and to live through you. I really mean like only the emotions I'm comfortable with. Like I am comfortable with sadness. Uh, I'm I'm getting more comfortable with anger. I am not comfortable with fear or anxiety. So if that comes up, which it has in the last few days. Or despair. Or despair. I like... I my brain frantically reacts, and I, it's like we, everything is awful. We can't do this. This right. is too hard. It's funny, Moana alert. But it's funny. There's a <laughs> moment where uh, I think Maui says it's funny to see humans never change. Yeah, and I like that the gods. You know, to use Greek mythology, the gods probably would have a perspective on us where it's like we can be so clear yes, and so there and so detached from our uh, mammalarian hardware that we're like, oh my God, I get it. And then you have an Achilles heel like fear or dread or anxiety. Or for me, it's, it's just like, mine are so much less, yours are so poetic and beautiful. (laughs) Mine. Mine really are just like, oh, fuck, I'm the sweaty, soft, sad boy that no one likes. So mm. It's like... He's so sad. Yeah. But it, I know what you mean. It, it's it, all No, it is. It is. But it, I, I mean, like, I don't know. Well, yeah. I Right now, I would trade that kind of like earth, earthy feeling as opposed to like, do I exist? Am I just floating in a dark abyss? Yeah, I know. You've been having... A completely reasonable and understandable, and I would even say logical response to, oh my God, like, remember I was saying reality is like raindrops hitting a lake. It's the Mm -hmm. shapes in the water. Um, Wow, groovy, man. And also, I mean, everything that's truly beautiful and comforting can also be, especially in the wrong moment, yeah, or with with somebody to the uninitiated, let's say, mm-hmm. can be very frightening. Sure, and it is a common thing I'm learning from from my um, mostly from David Nickturn, who I would consider a spiritual mentor, uh, that it is very. It's it's necessary in a spiritual practice to at some point reach like a fear moment, an existential fear, because your ego is not liking that it is starting to disappear. 
Um, That's their whole thing. And it's clinging to to any problem it can um, just so that it will exist. I dropped my ring again, if you heard that. <laughs> um, so, but then it's also like, I mean, trauma alert, but then it's also like my therapist thinks it's probably developmental trauma, which is like every baby needs to know I exist, I am loved, and my needs matter. So if for some reason an I exist one didn't happen, um, and it could be something really small, uh, but like then then that will come up. Like the the whole, if you're questioning whether or not you exist, that might be pre-verbal trauma because you don't have the words to explain it. And like you're a baby, so you're like, what is reality anyway? So you can get back into like that kind of fearful place. Um, which I think both things are true and both things are happening and there's a quarantine and like a pandemic. Right, and right. So it's just like, I'm just touching my body now being like, I know it's so much. It's not, this is really hard. Well, that's why it's almost to speak in defense. So we're saying like, when you make a story and say, I need to sleep because I have work tomorrow, that can add suffering to your life because the true groovy surfing Jesus would just be like, just be here and then be there and then be there. Like, just just take it as it comes, you know? But like, but then at the same time, we're teaching Leela, I'm happy and now I'm sad. So, oh, there are things change and things will be and things were. Mm -hmm. But there's something to be said, certainly, in defense of that. Mm -hmm. And it's in large part what I do uh, in TV and stuff is telling stories is like one of the great reasons why we're not all freaking the fuck out constantly. Yeah. We need, you know, I know we say this almost every episode, but we're in infinity. We're on a floating rock and it's spinning and it's rotating. And the thing it's rotating within is also rotating, mm-hmm. meaning spinning around other things. Um, and that's insanity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. My theory is that, that, whatever set this in motion made it so complicated that we would just be like, forget it. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not going to do it. Oh, it's that. And then it's that. And then it's that. that. Forget it. And then to make matters even more complicated, our animal brains, I don't know if it's our animal brains, but our brains need coherence in order to feel safe. Right. So it's like, so someone says, this isn't dirt on a rock. (laughs) This is Georgia. Yeah. And this isn't, you know, an enigma wrapped in meat. Mm-hmm. This is Carol. You know what I mean? <laughs> and you're not, you know, an isolated piece of infinity. You're Danny, and I'm teaching you how to cobble shoes. <laughs> and Danny cobbling shoes, I act, I wouldn't trade the way that I am for anything. I don't. I'm not a subscriber to Danny cobbling shoes. Is spared the mystery. I actually think Danny cobbling shoes is figuring out and experiencing and participating and having the mystery revealed to him through cobbling shoes. Sure, yeah. And I might be—I I would anticipate it's very nonverbal at that level. Mm, but everything is a cue, a clue, mm-hmm. if you can get past your brain long enough yeah. to see that even the binding of two fabrics mm-hmm. to become one thing mm-hmm. is a clue to everything. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not in that state right now, so I can't say it, but I'm sure Danny cobbling shoes. <laughs> so he's grateful for that story. So the story takes us away from infinity and then it ends up returning us back to it 
with a framework to kind of, not to understand it, but to build a platform upon which we can then understand it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's really beautiful and so true. <laughs> and our minds, so I'm trying to have compassion for my mind right now. Usually I'm trying to have compassion for my body and compassion for the feelings that arise. But right now I feel like I basically had this moment of dread and despair or these moments. And if it were up to my body, it would have come up and out because that's what emotions are meant to do. But my mind has like kidnapped it and is so worried about that happening again that it keeps making it happen again. Uh It's so funny. It's like so strange, but the mind is like, there's a killer in the house while it's holding a gun. (laughs) Well, it's the one with it's the gun. It's the one with the gun, yeah. Yeah. And um, No, that's Luke finding it's Darth Vader. It's him inside the, the yeah, man. It's yeah. It's also Grover, monster at the end of the book. Yeah. The only monster at the end of the book is me, Grover. Spoiler Lovable alert. Lovable Grover. But that is, yeah. that's it. There's nobody in the other boat, as Ram Dass would say. Wow. And as Katie said, Byron Katie in the desert, she got very worried that there might be a rattlesnake nearby. Mm. And part of her epiphany was... I'd rather be bitten by a million rattlesnakes than be afraid of one that doesn't exist. Wow. Like, there isn't a rattlesnake there. I just kind of freaked myself out. Yeah, that's it. That's that's, exactly right. That's a big thing in yoga is, I mean yoga meaning the the spiritual practice of yoga, is the type of thought that sees a rope and thinks it's a snake is its own category of thought, Mm. which is just like what we're doing Kind of all the time. Yeah. And we do it with faces. We do it with haircuts. We do it with cars. Mm. We do it with t-shirt colors. You know what I mean? It's just, you look like the guy that, or you look like the guy that uh, I like. Yeah. And and then you disappoint me. Yeah. I think that they, uh, no, not they. What have I got lost in what I was going to (laughs) say? You know, when you like do like a false start, you're like, she, no. Um, I think all of those examples are just really hitting home. That's exactly how I feel. And can't I find some, some solidarity in the fact that, okay, this is part of the human condition. So I'm not alone. That's the poem. Yeah. And, and you know, you can get into the absolute, like there is only one thing. So you're technically all alone, but like not in the way that you think. Right. Um, but let's not go there. I, I I'm not alone because Katie experienced it, and there's all these like examples of people who experience um, this exact kind of fear. Yeah. Um, and there was another thing. I was well, the paradox—it's a paradox, though—is that sure in our limited understanding, in the big enough picture, there is only one thing. Mm-hmm. So then, as human beings, we go, well, if there's only one thing, that thing is alone. Yeah. But, but in spiritual the, mysticism, it always, this is why there's contradictions and things like virgin mothers and men who are gods. It's all these clues to say that you have to look past these things mm-hmm. and get into the realm of paradox. And the paradox is it's alone, okay, and it can't be alone. Right. That would imply <laughs> that there was another. Like, if Oh, that's was, interesting. I didn't mean it that way, but sure. Oh, no. What do you mean? I meant that, sure, it's one thing, Mm -hmm. and yet 
because that one thing is in everything, it's always with itself, but it's always two. It's two and not two. It's yeah. it's three and not three. It's alone and it's not alone. Which is the Trinity, which is yeah. why it, God is the relationship between three things. Mm. And, the, and the portrait of the Trinity that Richard uses is you're the fourth person of the Trinity. So it's, it's father, the original son, you know, the human manifestation of both. Holy Spirit, the spirit that's inside of us, and then and then you're the fourth person at the table, and it's the energy between all four of those things. So God isn't a noun, it's a verb. It's this mm. exchange. Right. So God isn't one thing, and it's not three things either. Mm-hmm. It, things like the Trinity are supposed to break your brain right. in the same way a koan, like how can you know your Buddha nature through the sound of a cricket, is supposed to be something you think about so hard that it actually breaks you like a nine month quarantine. Yes. And you just, you know what I th- said to myself today? I went, fuck it. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I, I, I don't, don't even know, know what. Yeah. yeah I, I just don't know was what like, I'm done doing. I but... look in the mirror and I go, right, there's this thing called Pete. And usually Pete goes around and he has all these things reflected back to him. And he's like, I'm Pete, I'm Pete, I'm Pete, I'm Pete, I'm Pete. And I looked in the mirror. I wasn't looking in the mirror. I was just thinking about myself. And I was like, I'm done. I look at photos and I go, that's done. (laughs) And that, from a certain spiritual perspective, is real progress. Which Uh means if I do that game again, which I do, I still do. I can go like, yeah, but I'm also done. Yeah. I'm yeah. done. Well, that's what I'm grateful. <laughs> I love that so much. And it's so true. And you're, and it's making me excited. Like, yes, are Pete and Val having mental breakdowns right in front of you? <laughs> yes. But in like the best way. <laughs> right. Um, and we all might as well be yeah, doing it. Play Michael Bolton. <laughs> um, because. That's right. Because that's, that's what it's supposed to get, be. That's what this is. A mental breakdown is on the menu. Yeah. You're supposed to lose your mind. Yeah. And that's what is, it's making me feel really grateful for my headspace lately, which has been torturing me, making me like wake up in the morning and be like, are we nervous? And then it's like, well, fucking now we are dipshit. Like, yeah. what are you? Um, yeah. But it's, it's so, like, is anyone saying Sybilis? You just said it. <laughs> you just said it. You so my said mind it. is like frantically searching for feelings of dread and despair, which are drudging up these feelings and making my poor body go through these things yes. that it would have let go of a yeah, your long body time ago. Yeah. Was the empty cave and you go anxiety <laughs> looking for it. Yeah. And then the anxiety you find is actually the echo of you yelling anxiety. <laughs> yeah. That's anxiety. Yeah. And so I'm done. <laughs> so I, I am, I, I have two points that are kind of contradictory. The first Paradox. One, the first one is it is making me grateful that my mind is making me is driving me crazy to the point that I am now like, well, I'm not listening to you. Like you can go ahead and keep singing your sad song, but I know that that isn't the truth. I'm I'm like I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, that's believing right. Leaving every single thing that you're saying to that's me. That's the break. That's the break. And I also, this is the paradox, for me, like everything, it it does take compassion. Like, I need to be having, coming at it from the angle of having compassion for my brain. Yeah. Because every time I, I start to feel 
frustrated with it or like you are the obstacle, uh, the one obstacle it's standing in the way of the place that I want to get all the time. Yeah. You are always fucking in the way. Um, and clearly I do still have like some rage against my own brain. Uh, that just doesn't work. Like resisting my thoughts, resisting the way that my brain works. But if I can go and my therapist, Jennifer, told me to like hold my own head and just go, oh, you're working so hard. Yeah, you're trying to protect us. You're trying to protect me in a way that has worked before. Mm. Thank you for trying to protect me. You don't have to do this. I'm okay. I'm okay just now. I'm okay just now. So trying to like come at it from, I'm still not buying what my brain is selling, but I'm also not hating it or against it. I understand why it's selling me that. It's trying to protect me. I walk through the market, but I'm not a purchaser. Oh, yeah. That was Rumi or wow. Kabir or Hafiz. <laughs> we'll we don't never know. know. I do think the perfect example, the perfect metaphor for my brain is Brody. And the way specifically that Brody barks if anybody walks by, even across the street, because he's trying to protect us. But when he barks, it scares the shit out of us. Oh, my God. <laughs> That is brilliant. Right? And that is why he bothers me so much. Yeah, it's his... He's, he's the manifestation brain. of my brain. Yeah. And so when I get frustrated with him, I thought I saw Leela. But it could be... I mean, that's exactly it. I can actually access compassion for my brain by thinking of Brody. You're yeah. like, oh, you're well-meaning. You're doing your... You're running on instinct and you're doing it to try and protect right, me. Right, Thank right, you. Right, That's great. Yeah. Wow. That's so good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I realize what my struggle has been that makes me sort of go, I'm done, just in case it gives anybody some meaning or help, too, is that I'm like, I just wanted to talk a little bit about the phenomenon that if I'm trying to pitch something and it's going badly, I'll stop believing in the thing and I'll be like, well, this thing probably stinks. I should be embarrassed. Like I wrote this animated thing. And I got like six no's. Yeah. We pitched it seven places and we just got six summarily quick no's. <laughs> and like, I just immediately go like, well, it's a dud. It stinks. I'm the war. And I'm the junior high boy again. Mm. And then I'll get one. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, I'm the king of the crystal dick palace. Come and shine my quartzy malaise. I don't know. <laughs> like, what a fucking gambit. Yeah. What a, what to, a queen's gambit. What a queen's gambit to live and die by your Twitter feed or your emails or your calls and I've just subscribed. That's part of what I just really want to be done with. Yeah. But like I hear Ramdas saying to me, you know, in his old writings and talks is, is he would be like, you love it. Yeah. <laughs> you love the rush. Yeah. You're addicted. And this is why cowboy movies, cop movies, they're always one more job and I'll retire. And I'm sort of having that like, we got to find a way to do it. Yeah. Like, keep doing it. I'm going to keep robbing trains. Mm-hmm. But can you just do it? Like, can you welcome it in the door laughing? Yeah. Can I not go, okay, so I got a yes. I'm the king of the Crystal Dick Palace. <laughs> 
Can it just be like far out? Yeah. Oh, six no's. <laughs> I actually wrote a pretty, my agents wrote me the email. They were like, we got six no's. And I just wrote back in all caps, sobering. <laughs> which, <laughs> well, that's meeting it at the door laughing. Yeah, that, that felt okay. Uh-huh. But that's why, I, so I did an Instagram story on Val's Instagram and then I did it on mine as well. But it was, we have a Winnie the Pooh puppet. <laughs> And sometimes when I'm stoned, I'll like that Mel Gibson Beaver movie. I'll just talk to myself as the puppet, <laughs> and I have him say things to me that I need to hear. And he was singing "You're Enough." Mm-hmm. Like how, it, the part we did in Instagram was like, "Haven't you done enough?" <laughs> like it's time to lay it down. And I was like. Jesus, this is like, I could see puppet self-talk therapy oh being a real thing. I can't believe I've... Because it helped. I've never told you this because I keep thinking to and then it doesn't come up. But that puppet, I recommend if you can get a really good Winnie the Pooh puppet. WinnieThePoohPuppet.com slash weird for 10% <laughs> off your first therapy puppet. I, um, long before we started doing the silly songs or having him talk to you, I was playing with Leela and she wants us to play she talks to it it's really cute she like so I'll do my best Winnie the Pooh voice uh, it's really more of a Paddington bear if you know what I mean but <laughs> <laughs> and she'll talk to it and then I was just feeling so low that morning and I just like <laughs> I just turned it towards that's what me. I do and like I'm telling you the angle that that puppet like the angle of that puppet turning to you and it's really kind eyes. Yep. It just feels like, oh, that's really nice. And it's you. And it's you. Doing it. And that feels significant. Yeah. It's it's like the outward manifestation of something you can do. Yeah. Which is you have these voices in your head. Right. Why not let one of them go, hey, you're enough. That's what you're doing when you grab your head. You go, yeah. oh. oh. So have Winnie the Pooh go, Oh, bother. You sure are thinking a lot. Yeah. You're trying to protect yourself. Yeah. You don't need a puppet. You don't need a puppet. Get but out of puppet. Helps. But, but I the will puppet say, can help. the puppet Get also, a puppet. I'll hold the puppet. I like that same story. Like, it looked at me with kind eyes, and then I hugged the puppet and rocked. And, like, rocking is actually very rewiring for your nervous system. I don't know. I think it may be put you in your vagus nervous system um but my therapist always has me rocking so like just the image or just the feeling and you i was imagining it was my child self (laughs) hugging this puppet and rocking it and being like oh you're safe you're safe yeah and it is like you feel your whole system being completely rewired so get a puppet get a poo puppet get a puppet (laughs) puppet. what happens in the vagus nerve stage Didn't you say singing activates the vagus nerve? Yeah. I think that's why I'm singing, because there's, like, stress that just wants to come out. I'm the king of (laughs) the crystal dick palace. I can shine my quartz so bright. (laughs) Would you like to sample this, my hearty, mighty malachite? Oh, God. Oh, my God. 
<laughs> I, I couldn't do it that bad good if I tried ever again. That was my, so I'm running out of air. My heart Malachite. Malachite. Oh my god. Most minerals rhyme. Freestylers take note. Just bring it to the table of elements. <laughs> boring. <laughs> More like boring. Boring is not one of them. How many elements can you name? Be- close you to can. them. Aluminum. I I d- helium. Linoleum. Oh, my God. <laughs> Did I drop a marble in the kitchen or are we naming elements over here? No, I don't want to name elements because I'm also not good at elements. I'm bad at I, states. I just want... Really? That's helpful. I'm pretty good at states. I'll say some states that are... What was you, what were you going to say? Elements. I was going to say, I already feel pretty embarrassed that I don't know Greek mythology and that I said Thor. And if I show that I also don't know elements, people are going to start thinking I'm dumb. And I'm super smart. <laughs> okay. Thor mythology. It is Germanic. Yeah. Hammer wielding god of lightning. I knew that. I Baby, was trying to Baby, stop it. 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 The Stars app is asking for me back. Stars was great, but I canceled it as soon as India canceled Keith Raniere. Hit it. Hit it. High five. Hit it. Hit it. We're not going to release this one. I'm going to release it twice. I'm going to release it on Friday and then again on Monday and then again on... Oh my god. This is what we needed. We just needed to be silly. Okay, I actually think this is a really good exercise that both of us should do. Uh, and I'm going to lead everybody in. I think everybody should do this together. Okay, and then we can get out of here. We don't have to milk a chocolate milk cow too much. All right. Um, hey, I guess think- we said the other day, you know where they get blue cheese? Where? Sad cows. Put it in my butt. <laughs> I want that joke in my butt. <laughs> okay. I like that joke right up in my butt. What's the shape of this fart? <laughs> the blue cheese joke. <laughs> I was going to tweet the other day. I had a hard time sleeping. Is there caffeine in blue cheese dressing? <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Okay. So just close your eyes. <sighs> yeah. Go ahead and do a silly sigh like that. And um, you can just kind of drop in, become aware of your body, the feeling of your body. What does it feel like to be your head, your shoulders? What does it feel like in your arms and hands? Down your spine, feeling where whatever part of you that's sitting or standing is connecting to the earth, feeling your legs and feet. Okay. Now, staying part of your awareness on that body, part of your awareness on your breath, just the sensation of breathing, however you find it. Think of a time when you had so much fun. Think of a time maybe where you were laughing, hysterical, hysterically, like shoulders shaking, silent laughter with friends or dancing or running or climbing. 
can be as recent as yesterday and as distant as when you were six. Just a time when you were having a lot of fun. And try to really be there. What kinds of things are you seeing? What other sensations are happening? What does that joy feel like? And once you have a good sense of that joy, give it a shape and a color. And then imagine placing, like picking it up, placing it on the top of your head and just allow that color and that shape to melt all over your body. Filling your body with the sensation of that joy and that feeling of fun, feeling of connection and of laughter of being one with the people around you and with the earth that holds you. Allow that joy, like Neosporin, to begin to heal and comfort any wounds within you. Allow it to coat your organs your nervous system until your whole body, every cell is illuminated with that color. And place your hands over your heart in gratitude that we live in an existence where joy is an option, where love is the secret puppet master behind everything. Puppet. (laughs) Where there are puppets that will tell us universal truths. My throat made a weird noise. (laughs) I know, I thought it was maybe a burp. (laughs) Where farts have shapes. Yes. (laughs) And where you live in crystal glass dick houses. (laughs) My crystal dick. Okay. It's like Superman's house, but the crystals are that's also That's what I was dead. picturing. Yeah, that's my house. Oh, my God. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> um, so just feel that gratitude. Feel that fun. You will have fun again. You will laugh again. That is your true and natural state. We think the gravitational pull is towards sadness and darkness, but it isn't. You always return back to joy. You always have. You always will. This is no exception. Go and laugh and have fun and be kind to yourself in the moments where you just can't muster that up and know that it will return and you are enough. Amen. (laughs) In Jesus' name. Uh, That was awesome, my love. That really worked for me. Oh, good. It's what I needed to do, so I just did it for everybody. I want to... Oh, where is it? Huffy... Oh, and I have to look up the poem, too. I'm going to read this poem. This poem is going to... This poem is going to... But we just read this on the the podcast. We did? Yeah. 
Well, I'm so sorry. Well, we can read it again, and then I'll read this one. Did we already read this? Uh-huh. Well, we never read it with Chopin playing underneath. Okay. Look, I don't care if we already read this. Yeah, nobody's going to be sad that they heard this beautiful poem again. You need to read this poem every morning. Yeah. Do you want to read this last? Fear. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I want to close on the new poem. Okay, go ahead. Fear is the cheapest room in the house. I would like to see you living in better conditions. For your mother and my mother were friends. I know the innkeeper in this part of the universe. Get some rest tonight. Come to my verse again tomorrow. We'll go speak to the friend together. I should not make any promises right now, but I know if you pray, somewhere in this world, something good will happen. God wants to see more love and playfulness in your eyes, for that is your greatest witness to him. Your soul and my soul once sat together in the beloved's womb playing footsie. Your heart and my heart are very, very old friends. That's your mother and my mother. Mm-hmm. No, I mean over there. That's there they are. <laughs> oh shit, <laughs> mom! <laughs> That's your mother and my mother by Hafiz, as heard underneath uh, Chopin. Chopin, Chopin, Chopin Nocturne, Nocturne, just type in Nocturne. By the day. Uh, something, something, something. That was beautiful, baby. Except for the ending. <laughs> oh, it's Frederick Chopin, Nocturne, OP9, number two. Great. I knew Opie. His name was Otis. We called him Opie. He was the ninth one in his family. Oh, my God. Okay. This was just a... This was a clown diarrhea. This whole, this whole episode... <laughs> this whole episode was clown diarrhea. It was clown diarrhea. And it's what I needed, because I'm the clown, and I'm holding it in. <laughs> Yeah, I think that people are either going to love this or hate this or not be able to make it through one one of those three options. Or a mix of all three. Yeah. Um, all right. This is For Nothing Is Fixed by James Baldwin. Oh, damn, Chopin. <laughs> for nothing is fixed forever and ever and forever. Sorry, I said that wrong. <laughs> this is clown diarrhea. <laughs> We're trying to be serious and good And we can't do it Okay, I'm going to try again For Nothing is Fixed by James Baldwin For nothing is fixed Forever and forever and forever It is not fixed The earth is always shifting The light is always changing The sea does not cease to grind down rock Generations do not cease to be born, and we are responsible to them because we are the only witnesses they have. The sea rises, the light fails, lovers cling to each other, and children cling to us. The moment we cease to hold each other, the moment we break faith with one another, the sea engulfs us and the light goes out. James Baldwin. That was, I meant it. That was awesome. Yeah, it's really sweet. It's a good one. Um, um, all right. Thanks, everybody. If Look, you made it this far... You're our homies. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to get more 
raw Pete and Val than this. We promise next week. We promise nothing. (laughs) I can't promise anything. We'll keep in mind that this was clown diarrhea and we'll try to have at least a good solid clown poop for you. Yeah. I'm picturing a clown like a multicolored like Play-Doh. Me poop. too. I'm picturing like what they ate in Hook. Okay, don't be gross. <laughs> I'm just getting the Hook scene. Yeah, the Hook scene where it's make-believe food and it's all just like colored thick paints. That's what I'm picturing. Of course. Well, mm-hmm. everybody, thank you. And Millpool. Millpool. Oh my god, we're losing it. (laughs) That's like at the end of an answering machine message when you know it's the end and you're like, I am losing it. Like you say it in a way. I don't know, I'm losing it quick.